and welcome to Cond. I'm Amy. And I'm Michael. Hi. Do you believe in fairies? I believe in Tinkerbell. Yeah, everyone believes in Tinkerbell. Uh, In 1920, the Christmas edition of British magazine The Strand printed an article by accomplished author Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. Doyle had made the magazine immensely popular by serialising the adventures of his fictional detective Sherlock Holmes. However, his Christmas instalment was not an episode about Sherlock Holmes, but rather a piece claiming to prove the existence of the paranormal, specifically fairies, and there was photographic proof. Today we head to Cottingley, near Bradford in West Yorkshire, and explore the con that had the world fooled for over 60 years. This is the story of the Cottingley Fairies. Three years before the article in The Strand, in 1917, Frances Griffiths was 10 years old and had just arrived in the UK from South Africa with her mother, whilst her father was fighting in World War I. They had moved to stay with Frances's aunt, Polly, in Cottingley, along with her cousin, Elsie Wright. Elsie was 16 years old at the time, and the two cousins used to spend many hours playing by the stream at the bottom of their garden. When they came inside, they would tell their mothers about how they had been playing with real-life gnomes and fairies. The mothers didn't believe the girls' tales, and in fact got quite annoyed with their time spent by the stream, as they would often come back with muddy clothes and wet feet. So the kids go and play by the stream every day, come back and say, Hey mum, we've, we've seen some fairies. As a parent, you must just get so used to going, Oh yeah, did you? Sure. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I'd hope if you ever were a parent, you'd be a bit more enthusiastic. <laughs> I suppose you got a fade enthusiasm. We go, oh, did you? Was that the better tone? Oh, did you really? What were they like? Yeah, you're already fed up and you're not even a dad. Elsie's <laughs> <laughs> ah. father, Arthur, was a keen photographer and owned what was, given the era, some rather sophisticated photography equipment. One day, when the girls returned from the stream with talk of the fairies they had witnessed, they were annoyed when nobody seemed to take their claims seriously. So they asked to borrow Elsie's dad's camera. It was a midge quarter plate, which was a large box-style camera. We've posted a photo of the camera on our social media pages, so you can take a look. It's a large black box with a handle on the top, like a leather suitcase. A glass plate is dropped into the rear of the camera onto which the exposure is recorded and then developed later in a dark room. So this is like really early camera equipment. There's no, you can't, yeah, there's no Photoshop. It's 1917, right? It's a really primitive camera, very manual. It'll take a photo, it takes ages to develop, but it's sort of visible. Arthur gave the girls a crash course in using the camera before allowing them to go and photograph the fairies. The girls returned less than 30 minutes later and Arthur developed what they had captured. As the photo slowly revealed itself on the glass plate in the darkened room, Arthur couldn't believe his eyes. The now iconic photo showed Francis with a number of fairies dancing right in front of her face. Arthur was initially sceptical. He knew his daughter was an extremely creative girl who happened to have a part-time job in a nearby printing shop. 
It's a weird one, isn't it? Because you would dismiss this. You'd be impressed and like, what? how have they done this? But you would still be like, yeah, it's nonsense, isn't it? They've, it's a trick somehow. Yeah, you'd be impressed with their creativity. We are too sceptical now. Like We're just like boring, aren't we? Ah, you think maybe then people were a bit more willing to accept things like this, maybe? Yeah, now, now you just Google it and be like, uh-uh. <laughs> yeah, true, yeah. So anyway, so they've developed this photo in the dark room. It's got fairies in it. Several months later, the girls borrowed the camera again. This time they returned with new images of the fairies. Elsie sat on the grass as a gnome, seemingly about a foot tall, walked in front of her. All these images are on our social media pages, so take a look and decide for yourself how genuine you think they are. When this photo was developed, Elsie's mother caught a glimpse of them. Elsie's mother was already interested in the supernatural and was convinced the photos her daughter and niece had taken were real. What's really interesting about this case and where it goes is you kind of get to see how a lie can develop and how it can get out of hand. Like we've seen this before, but it's always had sort of someone's had a motive before. Whereas with this one, it is literally just something snowballing in a community that are sharing the news of this, which is quite interesting. Polly Wright, Elsie's mother, took the photos to a lecture on fairy life. A what? Uh, apparently that's a thing. In 1917, there was people lecturing about fairies. So she took the photos along. Of course she did. She showed the photos to the keynote speaker at the event who was fascinated by them. The speaker requested to take copies to use at the annual conference on the existence of fairies. Again, this just shows people's naivety a little bit. I quite like it. I think it's nice. What, that there's conferences about fairies? At the annual fairy conference. What is that? But there is like, if you looked, you're not into it, but I bet there's some like right weird conferences. Like, <laughs> like genuinely, like there's, you know, like Comic Con and like all stuff like that. Like people love it, don't they? I don't mm. see how that's, I know that Comic Con's massive, but that to me, that is weird. Yeah, no offence to any comic fans listed. (laughs) (laughs) No, no offence, but I just wouldn't, I'd save me pennies. Mm. Well, yeah, true. Um, Sharing, of course, much slower in 1917. Of course, I suppose, you know, now we could share those photos halfway around the world in five minutes or social media. Whereas now in 1917, she's got to take them along to a conference. Someone's got to go, oh, that's interesting. Then it gets adopted and used in a keto speech. And slowly it started to spread. But obviously they've been around for a few months by this point. I think it's cute. At the conference, the photos were seen and accepted by a leading theosophist, Edward Gardner. As a well-respected philosopher and author, as he began to share the photographs, they soon came to the attention of Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. What we're seeing here is quite interesting as well, because they're being shared now in a circle of people that already want to believe, right? If you're going to a conference about fairies, chances are you're quite already on board or ready to be persuaded that fairies exist. Like we've seen this recently in the news with like Cambridge Analytica and stuff, where we like now on social media, social media will show you things that you already sort of agree with, like it will back up your worldview and present you with content that that's the sort of thing you would look at anyway. This is like an old version of that, isn't it? Because these people are already fairy fans. They already love fairies. They go into a conference about it. And here's some photos. Of course, they're going to go, well, that's interesting. Yeah, it's not like they've brought them to the local five-a-side footy team, have they? <laughs> like they've, they've picked their audience carefully. 
Yeah, and I wonder if that then plays a part in how quickly this spreads because the the initial crowd are on board fully. Oh, absolutely. Sir Arthur Conan Doyle was fascinated by the images and wanted to give them as much exposure as he could. He contacted Arthur and Polly Wright to request permission to publish the images, and the Wrights consented. However, Arthur, Elsie's dad, was still sceptical, so refused any payment for the photographs. He didn't want anyone to suspect the girls manufacturing the images with a view to making financial gain. So, Elsie's dad still thinks that this ain't a thing, that they've got to be made up, and he's refusing to sell them as a result. Before publishing the article in The Strand, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle and Edward Gardner sought expert verification on the authenticity of the photographs. First, he showed the images to a physicist, Sir Oliver Lodge. Lodge was sceptical about the images, but refused to say outright that he thought they were not genuine. Next, Doyle showed the negatives to a photography expert, Harold Snelling. Snelling reviewed the images comprehensively. His report on the photos read, quote, Genuine, unfaked photographs of single exposure, open-air work, show movement in all the fairy figures, and there is no trace whatever of studio work involving card or paper models, dark backgrounds, painted figures, etc. At this point, Snelling was reviewing the photographic work and was confirming basically that there was no camera trickery. He was not verifying the existence of fairies but his verification of the images ensured talk of the images began to spread. So he wasn't saying fairies exist, he's saying these are genuine photos, but that causes the photos to spread a lot quicker. Even before they had been published, people in all corners of the UK were talking about the fairies spotted in Cottingley. Edward Gardner and Sir Arthur Conan Doyle decided to get one last expert opinion, so they contacted leading photography company Kodak, A number of Kodak technicians reviewed the images and reported that the pictures, quote, showed no obvious signs of being faked. They did not, however, verify that the images were genuine. It's all very wish-washy, isn't it? Nobody's committing, are they? They're all saying, yeah, the photos are real. They're not saying they're fake, but they're also not saying they're genuine. And it's a very fine line that everyone seems to be towing on this. But fair play to Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. Who wants to believe these? He does believe them, but he's still... He's, he's tried three different experts to try and get these verified. And none of them have said they're not real. So he's trying. Yeah, we all have a trier, don't we? The technicians from Kodak did suggest that with their expertise in photography, they could potentially recreate similar images. This would become Gardner and Doyle's primary defence to anyone who questioned the authenticity of the images. Photographic technicians from Kodak could potentially create falsified images like these, but surely not to school children. Of course, this argument didn't factor in that Elsie worked in a printing shop at the time and that her father was a keen photographer with his own darkroom. Gardner and Doyle decided that from their expert analysis, two of three consultants had ruled the photos to be genuine. There is an argument there, isn't there, that these photos were taken by a 10-year-old. Like, they've got to be real, right? That's what they're saying. Yeah, and a 16-year-old who works in a printing shop. Yeah, that's the bit they're glossing over. That doesn't help their argument that bit. (laughs) Like, 16-year-olds now, like, they're very much seen as children still, I think. But, like, back then, like, you would leave school, you would potentially 
you be you know what obviously won't be eighteen, but you'd be seen nearly as an adult, pretty much. That is a very good point. I hadn't thought of that. At this at this particular moment in time, she is an adult, isn't she? Yeah. Effectively. Knowing that they would face some tough critics when the photos were published, Gardner had another idea to try and determine if the fairies in the photo were real. In 1920, whilst Arthur Conan Doyle was in Australia, Gardner went to visit the Wright family. He wanted to conduct an experiment. During the visit, Elsie's father told Gardner his theory on the photographs, that the fairies were some sort of cardboard cutout. Many critics of the photos would later argue that the fairies looked rather two-dimensional. Gardner's experiment was to provide the girls with two cameras and see if the girls could capture yet more photos of the mythical creatures at the bottom of their garden. By now, Frances was living back with her parents, but she was invited to stay with the Wrights during the school summer holiday to take part in the experiment. The girls accepted the challenge. They took a number of photos and two showed fairies. The first showed Frances with a leaping fairy in front of her face. The other photo showed a fairy offering a flower to Elsie. They shipped the cameras back to Gardner, but said they hadn't been able to take many photos, as the rainy weather meant the fairies were mostly in hiding. Do you feel Gardner and Arthur Conan Doyle have done enough testing here? What do you think? I mean, yeah. I think most people would be persuaded. Yeah, they've had three experts try and verify the photos. No, none of them said they're fakes. They've gone back to the girls with new cameras and gone, can you take some more photos? And they have. I don't know what else you do at that point to test if this is a fakery or not. There's probably an element of confirmation bias in this as well, in that they already want, they wanted to believe. They wanted the answer to be yes. So everything's backing up their theory. Like they've ignored the fact that dad went, oh, I think they're cardboard cutouts. They just ignored that and went with the photos because that sort of confirms what they wanted to believe anyway. As Gardner developed the images, he was delighted. He sent a message to Sir Arthur Conan Doyle in Australia that read, a complete success. Sir Arthur Conan Doyle was equally delighted when he saw the images, saying they were altogether beyond the possibility of a fake. Doyle wrote, quote, My heart was gladdened when out here in far Australia I had your note and the three wonderful pictures which are confirmatory of our published results. When our fairies are admitted, other psychic phenomena will find a more ready acceptance. We have had continued messages at seances for some time that a visible sign was coming through. I'm a little bit surprised in Arthur Conan Doyle for being so believing in the supernatural because his, his primary character is Sherlock Holmes, right? And Sherlock Holmes is all about logic and reason, you know, science and maths and evidence. So it's weird that the author who dreamt up Sherlock Holmes believes in fairies. Do you not find that a little bit strange? Well, I suppose that the argument is that fiction is based on something. But also maybe it's worked the other way where he's dreamt of something so opposite of himself. You know what I mean? Like, that's the joy of fiction, no? Yeah, all right. Yeah, good point. In Christmas of that year, the images were published in Strand. Reception to the images was mixed, with many people dismissing them. However, with Doyle lending his endorsement to the images and the reports from the experts documented alongside the images, thousands of people were persuaded to the existence of fairies. So now they're out there, they've been published, people all over the world believe fairies exist. 
would you have believed at this point? I mean, I think I'd like to have believed. I don't know. Like, I wouldn't believe now, but if I was, you know, when was it done in, like, the 1920s? Like, I'd probably have believed then, maybe. No, I think I probably would have believed as well, because you got to think as well, credible news sources are covering this story and saying, look, fairies exist, here are some photos. It's not like, this is not tabloid news. Like, this is... This is everywhere, this story. I think you'd have to be a right cynic to not, it sounds. Yeah, I agree. There were critics to the photos, though. Here are just some of the critics' responses. The fairies look flat. The fairies' clothing looked very similar to fashion of the time. And in the first photo, why was Frances not looking at the fairies? You'll see she's looking past the camera into the distance. The following year, in 1921, Edward Gardner took another visit to the Wright family in Cottingley. He again took two cameras with him as well as a psychic called Geoffrey Hodson. Again, Gardner asked the girls to take some more photographs of the fairies and they went down to the stream. This time they were accompanied by a psychic. However, on this occasion, with Hodson watching, the girls said they were unable to find any fairies. The psychic said, he had seen fairies everywhere. Arthur Conan Doyle died of a heart attack in 1930, aged 71. He believed fully in the existence of fairies. As the years went on, the public interest in the Cottingley fairies diminished, but with many people around the world continuing to believe in fairies. Elsie and Francis both married and went to live abroad. Apparently, they were bored of the fairy business. That's what they said. If you're, uh, I guess by then, you know, Elsie's about 20 or whatever. To have people constantly talk to you about fairies must get a bit annoying. You'd be like, I cut them out of card, man. (laughs) (laughs) It's weird that they didn't, though, isn't it? Why They could have very quickly put an end to all of this by just going, oh, yeah. Nah. I bet they were like, you lot are really stupid. In 1966, a reporter from the Daily Express managed to track down Elsie, who, by now, was back in the country. When the reporter spoke to Elsie, she for the first time said something to question the authenticity of the photographs. She said the fairies may have been a figment of her imagination. She did not say that they didn't exist, but instead suggested that the camera was able to photograph her mind. I mean, what on earth does that even mean? That's a pretty weird concept that the camera might have taken a photo of the inside of her head, but it's not a weirder concept than the existence of fairies. Or is it, actually? It probably is a weirder concept, isn't it? I mean, yeah, I would say so. I wouldn't want a camera to take pictures of some of the things that go around in my mind sometimes. But I wouldn't want to know what's going on in your head, to be quite honest. (laughs) Thank God we can't capture that. (laughs) Then Edward Gardner died in 1969. He, too, was totally convinced of the existence of fairies. Then, in 1971, Elsie gave a television interview for Yorkshire Television. Again, she did not admit to faking the photographs. However, she began the interview saying, quote, I admit that I may not believe in fairies. As for the photos, let's just say they are figments of our imagination, Francis's and mine. 
So she's saying, I don't believe in fairies. Why doesn't she just at this stage confess? Why is she still clinging on to this a bit? It's like she's playing tricks. Or like she's just like really bored. So she's just like trying to wind people up. Yeah. Do you think she's just playing with people, stringing them along basically? Yeah. Many journalists had looked into the case of the Cottingley fairies, but there had been no scientific studies of the photos until 1978, when a magician called James Randi took an interest. He worked for the Committee for the Scientific Investigation of Claims of the Paranormal. What an incredible organisation that is. A actual organisation that just looks into testing paranormal theories. Uh, bear in mind, this as well is 61 years since the photos were taken. Like, people have been believing in this for a long, old time. James Randi's assessment of the photos was that one of the photos had been double exposed, which is where one photo is taken on top of another. However, he suggested this was most likely an accident. James Randi did, however, discover a book from the same year that the girls took the photos, which he believed was the inspiration. The book was called Princess Mary's Gift Book and featured a poem called A Spell for a Fairy. The illustrations around the poem looked surprisingly like the fairies in the photographs. The poses and clothing were different, but the similarities were remarkable. So much for the girl's imagination, eh? I just copied them out of a book. That was like my favourite thing to do, you know, like trace pictures. <laughs> like when I was a kid, I just, I really just enjoyed tracing. None of your drawings were famous for 60 years though, no? I mean, no, they were still shit. <laughs> <laughs> In 1983, Geoffrey Crawley from the British Journal of Photography began investigating the photos and studied the camera that the girls had used to take the photos. Crawley ruled that it was impossible for the camera to take photos as sharp as the ones produced, so somebody, possibly even Edward Gardner, must have doctored them. He believed when the photos were altered, the fairies were added, but it turns out he was wrong. So somewhere along the way, someone's fiddled with them. That's his theory. Finally, in 1985, Elsie and Francis owned up to the trickery used in their photos in another television interview. This was a call 68 years on from originally taking them. Here's a clip from the TV interview. This is Elsie. In the clip, she is holding a cardboard cutout of a fairy to demonstrate. With the, the long hat pin, put it down, down the back like that. They were longer than that, though. They were, oh, they were, they were about that, then, 18 inches at least, and then wormed that down into the earth. They said that the thing was that they could see them, that the fairies were moving when the photographs were taken, but that's because they dithered in the breeze. <laughs> and here's Francis. I never even thought of it being a fraud. It was just Elsie and I having a bit of fun. People were taken in. They wanted to be taken in. But people keep often say to me, don't you feel ashamed that you've made all these poor people look fools? They believed in you. I don't because they wanted to believe. Look at this photograph. That fairy is all out of drawing. That leg doesn't belong to that fairy. And somebody pointed it out in the, in the newspaper. And one of our dear believers said, well, fairies aren't like humans. They haven't got bodies like we have, or the skeleton, the arms and legs. They, they sort of put it together with thought, and sometimes it doesn't come out right. We didn't have to tell a lie about it at all, because always somebody came out to justify it. 
Soon after the final confession, both ladies died. Francis a year later in 1986 and Elsie in 1988. Francis' memoirs were later discovered, along with correspondence between her and Elsie. In her memoirs, Francis wrote, I hated those photographs from the age of 16 when Mr Gardner presented me with a bunch of flowers and wanted me to sit with him on the platform. I realised what I was in for if I did not keep myself hidden. So this is very different to any other story we've covered so far because there's no motive, there's no malice in this. This is two kids who their parents don't believe that they've seen fairies and they just want a bit of recognition from their parents. That's how this starts and it becomes a lie that goes on for 70 years and people all over the world believe it. I do think it's weird that they didn't just say, oh, got ya, oh, you know, like at any point. It is weird that they they were obviously very scared and aware of the backlash. Definitely when they were younger, I suspect, and when, you know, the hysteria started to grow around it, that's obviously why they didn't fess up. But when they're adults, and, you know, why did it take them 60 years to confess? Why not 20 years? I, I find that quite strange. Yeah, like it is only a photo. If they hadn't confessed, it would never have been disproven, really. There'd be a lot of people still looking for them fairies, wouldn't there? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. Well, thank you for listening. Um, a slightly different one this week, but I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, we would love it if you can leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, as that really does help us out. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram as well. We are at Comcast. We'll be back next week for the last in the current series. Can't believe we're at episode 10 already. We will see you then. Bye.